0: Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Grant to be with all of you here today. We have so much to get to on today's program. My name is John Glu, hosting today's show. John Meadows is directing and producing. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears and Chicago sports content. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. want to open up today's show with a little bit of exciting news as far as our radio affiliations go. So, as you guys know, we've been with AM 1230, WJOB, and Jet TV. We have their Logo on our screen also, of course, on ACTV, Channel 10 and Channel 99 over in Aurora. But really exciting stuff on the radio side. We are now on every week in Bloomington Normal. So if any of you guys, especially on the YouTube side, are from that area and know the area very well, we're going to be on there every Saturday evening, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Cities 92.9 FM. This is going to be the first show on the pro, on um on the radio station which we're very very excited very pumped about I'm um, a big thank you to Kath Peterson over there the program director morning show host for approving this show putting us on the air and uh, that makes us officially syndicated which is also very exciting for us here on the program um So a huge thank you to Kat, huge thank you to Cities 92.9 FM. We're going to promote the heck out of them on this program as well as all of our partners, ACTB, WJOB, and the other radio partners that we're currently in talks with and working with to get on their stations. We're trying to grow this thing into a STC radio network, um, apart from the YouTube and the podcast side of things. So Their help has been much appreciated. Obviously, a big thank you to John Meadows for being supportive and helping us to edit and get out all this audio as quick as possible. And really a big thank you to all of you, your support and your audience support, whether it be here on YouTube podcast or now on radio and television. This has allowed us to grow. Our numbers are high enough to warrant stations like Cities 92.9 to want to take our show because they see the quality in it. They see the fanfare and the support from all of you. I just wanted to open up really quick by thanking all of you. Um, We are so excited for this partnership. And like I said, you're going to be hearing about them a lot more on this program and seeing them tagged in a lot of our social media posts. We're going to do our best to be a great partner for them. And I ask all of you to be a great partner for them as well. So if you don't know who they are, if you live in the Bloomington Normal area, you haven't listened, or maybe you do listen, tune in, check them out Saturday evening, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And you will hear this show on their station. Awesome stuff. So we have some news from Justin Fields. Press conferences over at Hallis Hall occurred after the Bears' debacle against Green Bay and before the Bears' anticipated matchup against Tampa, which we're going to discuss in segment two of this program here today. Justin Fields made some admissions at the press conference. Fields said this, quote, I felt like I was a little bit too conservative at times during the game. Definitely with guys like D.J. Moore and Chase Claypool on the outside, which we have more on him in a second. If we do have one-on-one on on the outside, potentially throwing it up and see what happens is what I should be doing. With them, they're great playmakers, and they can most likely come up with a 50-50 ball. Most likely, how disrespectful is that, definitely want to give them more chances deep down the field. Hold on a minute. Now, I don't know the tone in which Fields was speaking, so I don't want to really kill him for this, but... Most likely, your GM gave up a first overall pick for freaking DJ Moore. You're saying most likely, maybe they'll catch a 50-50 ball. Guaranteed, DJ Moore will do that for you. Don't know about Chase Claypool. As Kyle Brandt said on Twitter, I love this quote. He looked like he was sleepwalking out there. That I agree with. But DJ Moore, you can have confidence in. I don't fully blame Fields. This is your first pro game with a legit wide receiver. Probably difficult to. Maintain that chemistry, kind of get that thing rolling. I kind of get that, but not good verbiage, not a good word to say there. (laughs) Potentially, they might catch it. Who knows, but maybe. It is nice to hear Fields admit guilt and admit wrongdoing. He should. He sucked. He was horrible. But I want to address this, too. And this was brought up by a couple of you in the comment section on YouTube, which I appreciate it is worth saying it wasn't all on Fields. And if I didn't make that clear last week, maybe I was just so enraged with how bad Fields did. But I did say near the beginning, it was a failure by everybody. When I want to make that clear. This was not a, wow, Justin Fields totally blew the game. It was his fault that they lost 38 20. Not even close. Who gave up the 38 points? Why was the offensive scheme so bad? Why was Cole Komet charged with running the football on a third and one in the first quarter? I mean, All of these things go back to coaching. They go back to Luke Getze and his dumb offensive system. They go back to Matt Eberpluss for allowing and enabling Luke Getze to call this dumb offensive system. (laughs) Goes back to the offensive line for not really protecting fields as well as they should have. Even goes back to Ryan Poles for not addressing the offensive line enough. And yes, it goes on fields for turning the ball over. Throwing a pick six in the fourth quarter. Last year threw five interceptions in the fourth quarter. Now this time threw one already to start off the season. Pick six, points scored, game over. This was not a Justin Fields only issue. This was a team issue. Everybody top down failed. Everybody top down screwed up. And the result was a Bears horrendous loss week one after all the hope they built up. And the offseason. I don't want to continue to reflect on that. I think we've done enough yelling and screaming about how bad that game was. But as I read these quotes from Fields, as I react to this press conference, it's just worth putting all that out there. It wasn't only on him. A lot of it was on him, but not all of it. But, yeah, Jordan Love did outplay Justin Fields. Justin Fields did record two costly turnovers that led to points in both cases for the Packers. There were things that he did wrong that hurt the team. We see all the film experts now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, putting out all these long, hour-long videos talking about how many times Fields missed D.J. Moore downfield, missed potentially Chase Claypool downfield, missed Darnell Mooney, and all that's true too. Fields held onto the ball way too long when he had time. Fields was in duck and run mode instead of throw the football mode. And Fields consistently advocated for the check down, not the deep ball. And that was a problem. So Fields doesn't so Fields doesn't avoid blame. Let's put it that way. He doesn't avoid blame, but there is blame to go around. And I appreciate him kind of owning up to it as best as he could. Now, Chase Claypool, that's an entirely different story, and when I saw this news, I was unbelievably happy. Now, my fear is that he's going to be replaced by Bayless Jones Jr., but nevertheless, Matt Eberplus did say and kind of confirmed that it's not guaranteed that Claypool's going to suit up for the Bears next week. Sunday, Chase Claypool may be a healthy scratch. Here's what Eber Ploos had to say on Claypool's performance. You all saw the plays that, and again, the perimeter blocking needed to improve for all of us, and we're going to get that, work hard to get that done. We're looking at all possibilities right now. I'm not going to talk about who's going to be up or down for the game right now for obvious reasons. We're looking at all things to improve our team, who's going to be up and who will be down in terms of the active roster. What the hell happened to Chase Claypool? And this guy, four or five years ago, when even Big Ben was still around, was a 1,000-plus yard-wide receiver, had a long, promising career ahead of him. I mean, He was the number one that year for the Steelers. And now look what he's been reduced to. What makes it worse is look at what the Bears gave up for him. Essentially, essentially, a first-round pick. They gave up the second-round first pick for Chase Claypool. Ouch. He could have gotten better receivers for less of a pick. Cardinals were trying to trade DeAndre Hopkins for a 6th or 7th round pick. They caught him. He ended up signing elsewhere. <laughs> Could have gotten DeAndre Hopkins here in Chicago with a pick like that. traded. Instead, you bring in somebody who just, I don't even know what the issue is anymore. I tried to advocate for him. I tried to stick up for him last year, kind of coming in midseason, learning a new offense. There's tumult. There's a quarterback situation. Justin Fields trying to improve their tanking. Tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but clearly we're past that. What we saw on Sunday was horrendous. He doesn't deserve to suit up ever again in a Bears uniform, frankly. Now, he's going to have to because Ryan Poles traded for him. There's money involved, and Ryan Poles is going to look like a fool if they just sit him the rest of the year considering how much they gave up to get him. Same with the Bayless Jones thing, like... Dallas Jones, one of the first offensive players that Ryan Poles drafted. That's why he's not caught, even though he can't catch a frickin' football. And I love Ryan Poles 97% of the time. But there are 3% of the time, or 3% of times, when I don't agree. And this I don't agree with. Get rid of him. He clearly does not want to be here. Clearly does not care. Clearly is not happy. And clearly maybe doesn't even want to play football anymore. And that's great. But don't let that attitude seep in to your on-field performance because you're hurting the bears. You're you're, you're causing them to lose games. And everybody always oh, in the midst of a contract year, he's going to be better. He has to be better. Well, clearly not. Apparently he doesn't even care about that. And if that's not motivation enough for a pro anything, pro football, ba- baseball, basketball, if that's not motivation enough to play well, then I don't know what is. I don't know what's gonna move the needle for Chase Claypool to actually give a damn about playing football. No clue. So I hope that Matt Iberplus benches him outright next week. Healthy scratch, healthy inactive, see ya. And same with Bayless, Bayless should not ever touch the field again as a bear. Maybe they could activate EQ St. Brown. At least he could block. I don't know why he was actually inactive last week because he's one of the better blocking wide receivers on this team. And then he just said in the press conference, they need to work on their perimeter blocking. Why wasn't he playing? My suggestion would be you sit play pool, you let EQ play, and you still sit Bayless Jones. But clearly this is a big issue. And part of it's on me, part of it's on a lot of people who thought that Claypool would be a reliable WR3 for this team. Really not much to ask, considering at one point he was a number one wide receiver at a young age with a storied franchise in Pittsburgh. He was a number one, and he was projected to be a number one for years to come. So I don't think it was too much to ask to assume and say, okay, he'll be a great number three, one of the best number threes in football. I really thought that that was going to be the case. Maybe 700, 800 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Good safety blanket for Fields on top of Moore and Mooney and Roshan Johnson, Cleo Herbert, but no. No. It's been an abject failure. Abject failure from Chase Claypool. I am unbelievably disappointed in his performance. And if these performances are going to continue for the Bears, if these performances are going to keep moving forward, Things like Justin Fields, Chase Claypool not wanting to be there, the offensive line struggling, the defense giving up 38 points to freaking Jordan Love, then we have an issue. Because this team's not going to win any games if they played like this, like how they played last week, this week and moving forward. They aren't going to win any games. They're going to be an 0-17 team. <laughs> if they play like this, no chance. They got nothing. They got nothing. We talked about the bright spots during the game. Last week, there were very few. Roshan Johnson looked good. Cairo Santos made a couple of kicks. Yannick Ngakwe had a sack and a tackle for loss about after that. That's really it. There was nothing else. Nothing else to hang your hat on if you're a Bears fan. That is scary. If your top three players, and no offense to them, because they've actually played really well, but no offense to Cairo Santos, Roshan Johnson, Yannick Ngakwe. If those are your top three, if that's what you hang your hat on after a game like that, you're in big trouble. If Justin Fields is not a part of that conversation every single week, you're in big trouble. Big trouble for the future of the quarterback position for your franchise and big trouble for your results in 2023. And in both cases, the Bears are in huge trouble as they move forward. I don't know what the future holds for them. Sunday will tell a lot about how much they're going to bounce back and improve from such a horrendous outing week one but I am very, very concerned, and a lot of you are too. I mean, every day we're getting comments on YouTube, and I'm talking hundreds of them, of people saying, I'm concerned, I don't have faith in this team. And that's kind of scary to say after week one. After a year in which there was so much hype, and not just from the media, from Ryan Poles himself, because he spent so much money on this team to improve it, to make it better. What about all the money he spent on the defensive upgrades? What about all the money he spent even on running back with Deontay Foreman? They drafted Darnell Wright. They did so many things that seemed to be right, and yet they played like that on Sunday. They're in huge trouble. And this Sunday, in Tampa, against freaking Baker Mayfield, that's going to tell a lot about this team. And that's going to show where they plan on going and what they plan on doing. I'm concerned... I'm worried, and I wish them the best. These comments, though, from Ebert and Fields, and now this performance from Chase Claypool, though, should have everybody wondering and keeping that in the back of your heads as game two of the season comes up. Keep that in mind as we move forward. This is Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to be right back.